This podcast contains themes of abuse and trauma. Hey guys, welcome to the second episode of the Connected by Stories podcast. I am your host, Orwell, and today I've been joined by Rose as she takes us through her story of sexual abuse. Alright, thank you so much, Rose, for joining me on the podcast today. Welcome. Thank you so much. Um, like I said to you before, you know, today we're just going to be going through your story with sexual assault and yeah, just listening to you tell your tale. And usually what I like to do is start from the very beginning and just, first of all, just talk about your childhood. So what was your childhood like? What was it like growing up? Well, growing up, honestly, I didn't have my mom and dad around as much because mom used to travel a lot and dad also was into politics. So I really didn't have that connection like most kids have with their parents. So they were financially supporting us, but they were not really emotionally there. So yeah, that's that was my struggle growing up. And um, while this was happening, like, what was your relationship with them like? How often did you see them and stuff like that? Well, I was in a bordering school, so I would literally see my parent maybe once in a semester. And I'll get to see them during school break for like a week or so, and then they'll go off and about again. So I didn't really get that time to really, really see my parents as often as I would have loved to. Yeah. So what would you, what would you say the relationship was like? Like you weren't that close to them because of that. Was is that the case? Yeah, yeah. There was that disconnect. So I wasn't really close to them at all. I just saw them as my parents, but there was not really like a connection there with them. No. Yeah. No, that's yeah, that's understandable. Um, moving on. So going back to like you know the theme of this conversation, can you tell us about the first time you were you know sexually assaulted? I was at age, um, I'll say age 13, and it happened because I kind of migrated to Australia, and that happened because I left my parents back home, and I came here with a different member of my family, and of course, being a 13-year-old in a new country, you really don't know what to do, you don't know where to go and people take you for granted. So that happened when I was age 13 and didn't really know if it was right or wrong because all my life I've felt like I've just been alone, although I had parents, but they were never really around. So at that age when people try to do things that you don't know if it's wrong or right, you really don't know what to say. So, yeah, I was age 13 when it all started. And can you talk to us more about that? Like, what happened? How did this? How did it happen? Well, what happened was um, when I got here, I couldn't really speak English, and I was going to a um, a English school. And I still remember the first day it started. Um, it was my uncle who he used to. What he used to do is he would purposely not give me anything, like financial-wise. And when everybody has gone home or I'm into school or work and stuff like that, and then he would call me inside and he would say, oh, if you allow me to kiss you, I'll give you $300. And noting that 
I'm new here. I don't have that type of money. And of course, I know if I say no, I'm not going to be able to eat for like a week or something like that. So I just gave in. And that was the first time I remember kissing my uncle. Wow. And um, did, did stuff like that happen very often? Yeah, he will do it as often or whenever he has the opportunity to do it. And I still remember, like, I can still picture myself sometimes having shower. And I can still remember, you can, you know, when you're doing something and you can feel somebody, like, looking at you or, like, videoing you, I can can still remember those things. And as a 13-year-old, I felt very... It's hard to say because I really didn't know because he made it feel like what he was doing was right. So in my head, I couldn't justify if this was really right because all along I felt like I've been an abandoned child by my parents and stuff like this. And now I'm here and the only person that really I've now got as a family is doing this to be like, there's not really much I could do about it during that time. So I just had to do what I felt I could do. So, yeah. sorry. No, that's okay. That's fine. And while, while all this was happening, you know, being very young, again, there's a lot of things you wouldn't understand at that age. Did you have anyone around you that you could talk to about what was happening? Like anyone around you who you could, you know, confide in? I think um, in situations like that with me, I I had my auntie because my... I had my auntie, but whenever I told her that this was going on, it's all like she would always make me feel like I was lying. So I'm yeah. always that kid who wants to destroy the family reputation. I'm always that kid who wants attention. And so it came to a point where I stopped talking to anybody in my family. And because I've already spoken to that, my auntie already. And now looking back at it, I felt like she knew what was happening was wrong. So she also helped shed me in so I couldn't go out and speak out. So it came to a point I really didn't have anybody to talk to. And then the only person I had to talk to was making me feel like I was being too, I was just a bad kid who was just complaining and trying to create problems. So, yeah. And when you say your auntie, that you're, you're talking about your uncle's wife, right? Or yes. Auntie? No, my uncle's wife, that's correct. And apart from, you know, again, keeping you from, telling anyone else did she actually did she say anything to him about this did she do anything I, there was a time where i opened up to her because i used to be that kid who writes a lot so i used to keep a journal and i would write everything that he does like this guy will make me swear blood and promise him things and all that so so i used to write all that so one day i opened up to my auntie and i told her i'm like auntie this is what's going on, and these are the proof of it. So I went to school, and I came back, and I realized that journal is gone, and my room has been ransacked. So, yeah, she, yeah, she was just feeding her information, like she was feeding him information that I was giving her. So that didn't help at all. Yeah, no, that wouldn't help. Well. 
And um, so, yeah, you've told us, like, you know, some of the things that he did. Besides that, were there any other instances of, you know, sexual assault? And how long did this go for? This went on for about two to three years. Two to three years? Yep. And in that time, you had you were just going through that alone because, like you said, there was no one for you to talk to? No. Uh, it's you, you can't really open up to people when... The first time you try it, when you're going to situations like that, and the first time you try opening up to people, and the very first person you trusted to open up to already throw you under the bus. So it's like, I'm just going to keep doing whatever he wants me to do if that keeps the peace. Because if I don't do that as a 13-year-old, I'm going to come home to nothing pleasant. It's just going to be hell for me so and remember by then i really didn't know much yeah so yeah. i had no option but to keep things yeah. to myself and just deal with the abuse yeah and that must have been a lot for you to you know to hold in yeah. at that age you said it went for you know two to three years so i'm guessing by the, you know the third year you would have been 16 so how did that end what, like did you move out of there or no it ended because he tried it with somebody closer to him. And that's what really hurt me because when it was somebody closer to him, more than how I'm closer to him, they believed that person more than how they believed me. And that's when everybody started thinking, okay, maybe what she was saying was right. But by then the damage has already been done. So what happened was I felt pregnant at a very young age because whilst I was going through my stress, the only person I could trust was somebody I met who was a guy. So I felt pregnant and that was what led me into moving out of home. Okay. Yeah, no, that yeah. is definitely a lot for, a, you know, someone that's that young. And when all this, you know, when this finally came out about him, what happened from there? He denied everything. And because for me personally my community that i came from there was a lot of stigma because when i opened up to my auntie and don't forget this is her husband and she knew at some point that i was going to tell other people so she went in her head and told a different story which then painted me to be the person that i wasn't and they flipped the coin completely over. So that really was the hardest part about it all. The fact that nobody really get to listen to the victim. It's always the victim fault. And that's what yes. I went through. And yeah. Yeah. And you know, what what kind of effects would you say that had on you the whole time while it was happening? Because again, like I said, you had to keep this to yourself. Oh, mentally, I was just a wreck. And I still am a wreck, I'm not going to lie. I still am a wreck. Mentally, that affected me physically, mentally. I dropped out of school. As I said, I got pregnant, like I felt pregnant. And I was just doing things to get me away from anything that has to do with stress and anything that has to do with that particular individual so I dropped out of school, I felt pregnant, I started doing a lot of things that a 16 to 17-year-old shouldn't be doing. 
So, yeah, I fell into a deep depression. I remember when I was, I think I was six and a half months pregnant or seven months. I tried taking my own life. So, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> now, thank you so much for sharing this with us. Um, I was going to ask, you did mention again, like, you know, so when you fell pregnant and then you moved out, can you are you able to talk to us more about then like life after you left your uncle like through your pregnancy and after that like what happened what was happening with you because you just mentioned you know you were doing certain things that a 16 17 year old should not be doing so is that are you able to shed more light on that absolutely like when i moved out i think for me that was the best thing that ever happened because I forgot the fact that I was young and pregnant I forgot the fact that I dropped out of school I was just happy to get away from that environment but at the same time I was struggling because I didn't know the system I didn't know how the system worked so all I care about was I depend on the guy who I had like who I got pregnant for and he was doing he wasn't the best influence on me either. So I started doing not like hardcore drugs, but I definitely started smoking marijuana. I started doing the party life, started drinking a lot and just finding comfort in other places. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that, that was what really, during that phase, it was just me being like, finding things to cover my pain pretty much yep and um was there a point where you then you know stopped and looked looked at all that and decided to you know change the way that you were going about you know trying to heal absolutely absolutely i think that point came in my life when my kid father left me because i was as you would understand, like I was young and I'm, he was young as well. And it came to a point where, where after I tried my first suicide, I was like, okay, you know what? This is, this is definitely not life. I'm, I'm going to have a child. Things have to change. So in a sense, I think my having a baby kind of really put things into perspective for me. So yeah. after I had my child, I think he was three months when I started to sober up a bit and then I went and enrolled myself in a school. And from there I got, cause I didn't even finish it 10. So through that, I got my 10 certificate and then I kept pushing myself. So it took me a pregnancy of seven months to know that I have to start feeling sad for like stop feeling sad for myself and actually start working on rebuilding myself. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, and you did mention, you know, you tried to take your own life. When you did that, um, again, recovering from that, was there any support given to you, like, apart from, you know, from the people around you, also just in terms of any, I guess, groups or anything where you were, where you could go to and know that there were people like you, there were other people who have been in similar situations, people who could relate and, you know, just support each other? Oh, yes, there was. That's that's one of the things I was really grateful for being like in places like Australia sorry about the noise 
like being in places like Australia. So um, when I tried committing suicide and because I was underage and pregnant, they used to have a place in the city. I think, I can't remember. It's, it used to call the Youth Center, but it's been so long. I honestly can't remember what the name is now. But it's like just right in between the traffic lights um, around Koyong Street. So I used to go there. They used to be very helpful with like my antenance or clinics and just providing me with counseling and I remember I used to go to companion house a lot as well for counseling and and the problem with me is I never after the first time I tried opening up about my um abuse to my auntie and I got shut down I never really opened up to it to anybody else so my anger was just built inside and nobody could really tell where was all this anger and animosity and um rebellion coming from so i kept it in for a very long time until i started talking to a counselor or started seeing like a like they used to have like mom's groups where you can go and you you can you can there are other female there who are going through the same thing. You can speak to other people who have been through the same thing. And it just makes you feel, I don't think it makes you feel better, but it makes you realize that, okay, you know what? I'm not stupid. I'm not the only one that was going through this. So it gives you that sense of comfort kind of thing, which yeah. is unfortunate, but it kind of gives you that, like, I'm not alone. There are people out there. So groups like that, as I said, like Companion House, um, Karenia House, because I was a single um, mother, Karenia House and um, the youth centers and stuff like that really did help me. Yeah, no, that sounds amazing. It's great that there are, you know, there, there are those things in place for people who go through these situations because, again, yeah, and that's one of the reasons for this podcast. People usually do tend to feel alone when they go through things like this. And that's, yeah, that's not a very nice feeling to have. Um, one question I was going to ask as well is, you know, while all this was happening, you said when you did have, when, you know, when you did fall pregnant, you're very young and you were also depending on, you know, the father of the child a lot. Um, was, you said he was also young. How old was he at this time? If- he was, I think, um, he was probably a year or two older than me. And was he yeah. able to support you being that young? No, no, he wasn't because he himself was dependent on Centrelink. And as I said before, he was also into the, he introduced me to the whole marijuana and that type of lifestyle. So he mentally wasn't there either. Yeah. No, thank you so much for sharing that with us. Now, now I want to talk about, you know, your healing process. Is that something you can talk to us about? Um, you know, you did, you did just mention, you know, you started, you started seeing counselors and, you know, talking, like opening up about this. So just, yeah, shed some more light on your healing process and the things you did to like, you know, come to terms and to sort of, I guess, you know, come to terms with all everything that's happened and move on with life. I think for me, I started healing when I realized that I was never going to get closure from this individual. And I realized that he is never going to acknowledge that what he did was wrong. So I started healing by not expecting him to do anything because there was a point where I keep thinking maybe if he can acknowledge it or if he can at least you know, validate me to people that, okay, she wasn't stupid. Maybe that can make me heal. But I realized that was just 
me waiting in suspense for something that was never going to happen. So I started taking things in my own hands. I was like, you know what? There comes a time where you have to take your own life and put it in your hands in the sense that you have to do things that's going to make you not completely forget about the past, but that's just going to motivate you to keep moving forward in spite of all what you've been through. So with me, I got to a point where my, I think my son was one years old when I said, you know what, I want to be the best mother that I can for this kid. And I never want my kid to go through what I went through. So that was my stepping stone into me finding, like healing myself. And of course, with like different type of counseling. And I used to do a lot of, um, how do they call it? I don't know how they say it, but it's like a it was like an exercise that helps you it doesn't make you I forgot what the name of the exercise was but it's an exercise I used to do through um um what is it called companion house and it's just really helpful it used I found it very helpful because in the sense that they used to encourage me to plan my goals. For example, where do I want to be in the next five years? What do I want to achieve in the next five years? So things like that really kept me motivated. And I always say my, to myself, I want other people to hear my story one day and say, if she can do it, I can do it. And yeah, I definitely. want people to look at my, like, hear my story or look at me. And if they're going through what I'm going through for them to know that they can do it. So my healing process started with me letting go of my own pain and hurt. Although I still haven't forgotten about what happened to me. Because trust me, that's a scar you will not forget. Due to what happened to me, I still struggle in my marriage. I still struggle with relationship with men it scars you for life like it's just it's it's just a big scar but still yeah. if you can able to put a band-aid on that scar and make a change for yourself and for those around you i think that's the best you can do for yourself and what how i started my healing process was just letting go of my anger my pain and not expecting any form of apology from that individual and just move on with my own life and give myself the best that I can give myself and make sure that my kid was never alone, like how I felt alone for like ever because I've always been feeling alone until I had my kid. And I was like, okay, I don't want my kid to go through that. So those were part of my healing process. Yep. Thank you for sharing. And you also mentioned that, you know, it caused it, you know, to, to this day causes some problems in your you know marriage and relationships with men so what advice would you give to like you know people who are in i guess relationships with survivors of sexual abuse for me personally i was very it took me a while to open up to my husband i'm not gonna lie and i think i only opened up to him about my um, um, my struggle and what I've been through because I noticed my bitterness and anger was starting to spill in my current relationship because I was very angry. Every little thing he do, I'll get mad. Um, I wasn't, I don't know how to say, but 
I didn't really connect with me with him. I felt like I only needed him because I needed the extra hands, if that makes sense. Yeah. So it wasn't really like a love situation. It was more of like a I'm gonna use him. Because that's how I felt all my life. Like I felt like I've been used all the time. So if a guy comes into my life, I'm not really gonna be there hundred percent. I'm just gonna use them for the best way that I can. That's how I see them, because I feel like no man really deserves that that part of me, like that caring part, that honest part. So I struggled with that a bit in my relationship, but eventually I did open up to him about my past. And lucky for me, I got married to a very understandable guy who also along with me once in a while comes to like counseling with me, which I still do. Surprisingly enough, I do. I still, still take counseling classes. Surprisingly enough, it's been this long, but that's just who I am. And I just want to better myself every day. But it's it's definitely don't let your past experience come between what you have now. I know it's not easy, but everybody is not the same. And just be honest with the person you're with. Like, allow yourself to be vulnerable with the people you're with or your husband or your wife. Just allow yourself to be vulnerable with them and just explain to them what you've been through. And hopefully they will understand and they want to go on the journey with you regardless. Yeah. So, um, f- from, you know, the, your husband's perspective or, you know, from mm. the perspective of someone who hasn't been through, you know, sexual assault or doesn't necessarily understand it, what advice would you give them in terms of building relationships with people who have been through these things? Because like you said, you know, it took you a while to open up. I think the um, perception people have sometimes who haven't been through such things is that it's easy to let go and everybody should just like, oh, it's happened, it's happened, just let it go. So people have that mentality of you can't do, you can't unwind things. Yes, that's true, you can't unwind things, but there are days where every sometimes you wake up and you get up and you have that thing replaying in your head all the time so people who wants to meet people who have been through like domestic violence sexual abuse i think they need to be able to not impose what they think they know on other yeah. people's story because you can never tell somebody's story because you, you were not in the shoes. You don't know what they went through. So all you can do is just be there for them in that moment or whenever they need you. Just listen to them and never judge them by what they've been through. It's never their fault. So that's the advice I will give people who wants, like, who wants to go in a relationship or who are in a relationship with somebody who has been through such things. It's not an easy process. They haven't been... It's not easy to open up about somebody you potentially going to call your husband about your past life because you don't know yeah. how they're going to react. You don't know how they're going to judge you. Are they still going to be with me after I told them what I've been through? Like there's Definitely. all the stigma that surround being like surround sexual abuse and physical abuse and all that stuff. So you really just have to take it easy with the person and just, if you're in it, just be in it for a good cause and just be there for them. And that's all you can really do. Yeah, that is definitely great advice. Thank you so much, Rose. And also, yeah, I was going to ask you, can you just tell us, so since then, you know, how's your, what, what's life currently like? What's been happening with you? 
Wow, a lot has changed. I, I can tell you that for sure. So since then, I got married. I've now been married for about six years now. I have another kid, and I managed to get myself a mortgage. Me and my current partner built our own house, and I'm now in uni. So things are going. I've got my own business as well. So. Yeah, things are going pretty good, really, really Sounds good. Like it. And as I say, because of all the help that I got during my journey, so now I'm studying a course that's potentially going to allow me to be in position to help people like me as well. So I'm really, I won't say I'm doing super good, but I'll say I'm kind of proud of myself. <laughs> no, so, that yeah. sounds like you, you're, doing, you're doing amazing. Thank you. Thank you. And my final question is just, again, what advice would you give to anyone else that is currently going through your situation or that has been in your situation? For people that are going through sexual abuse or any type of violence, I want you to hear this from me today. No matter what you were going through, don't be afraid to speak up. It doesn't matter who the person is, even if they're your dad, your mom, your brother, your sister, speak up. You might be losing a family member, but you will be gaining an entire family outside of that family because what they're doing is not right, it's not just, it's not fair on you. So don't be afraid to speak up. If you don't know how to get the right links, talk to a friend, talk to somebody you trust, somebody you know that will get you the help. So never feel like you're alone because you're not alone. There is a lot of people out there who have been through what you're going through right now and have come out winning. So you're not alone, speak up. Don't let anyone take advantage of you. And for those who have been through it, like me, you guys are strong. We're all strong. We've been through hell and back. And I want you all to know that it's okay for you to reflect on your past. But please don't let that reflection determine who you are today or who you're going to be tomorrow. Wake up every day, reflect on it, work on your presence and just keep pushing. That's all I'll say. That is is some wonderful advice. Thank you so much, Rose. I'm sure that is something that a lot of people will really appreciate. But yeah, that is all from me today. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. I really appreciate it. I appreciate it too. Thank you so much. And really appreciate you for doing such things like this because this is what we need in this community. So I really hope people can listen to it and if you can touch one life i can guarantee you you've touched a big you've done something wonderful so thank you that's definitely true thank you rose that is all for today guys once again i would like to thank rose for sharing her story with us i hope this has been truly helpful to anyone in a similar situation please know that you are never alone to listen to more episodes please subscribe on spotify Apple Podcasts, and any other platform where you get your podcasts from. You can also find us on Instagram at Connected by Stories. Please share this with anyone you know who would benefit from it. If you have a story you would like to share, please feel free to reach out to me through Instagram or anonymously through Curious Cat. The link will be in the description. See you on the next episode of Connected by Stories.